We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. So, I was thinking about the best possible way to start the show. Are you going to hit the clock anytime soon? Are you recording? What are you doing over there? So you have been recording? Is that what you're doing? Okay. You're just not going to acknowledge? <laughs> you didn't say a word. Are the red lights on? Are we doing stuff here? <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. All right. So I was thinking uh, the best way to start the show. And I thought, what better way mm-hmm. than to talk about Rune's uh, latex fetish? <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, why do you think he has a latex fetish? I just, I have this, um, this gut instinct that he's uh, passionate about two things. Two. Yeah. Music and latex. Latex, got it. Generally at the same time. <laughs> and just to give some... Backstory. That backstory, a little bit, a little perspective, maybe some reference points here. Yeah. Is I happen to walk uh, up on a rune uh, through the glass window of the production space here. And he was watching a very interesting music video with latex. And undressing. <laughs> well, the one individual was undressing into a latex outfit underneath, which may be a fetish in and of itself. I uh, see. Context is everything here. Context is difficult here. <laughs> it's really difficult. Good so, thing my wife does not listen to the show. She really doesn't listen to the show? Yeah, come he, on, man. He edits the, he edits Why the show. Why do you say come on, man? Like, that's, like, that's known. He edits the show with headphones on. Just let the show I try to do. I, I feel bad because it's like I'm already obnoxious, but then me listening to me is more obnoxious. Right. Yeah. So I try to listen to the Air, Air, AirPods on. But Arun, seriously, your wife, who's probably the most financial minded of all of us, doesn't listen to the show? <laughs> no. She supports the show, though. She supports the show, but doesn't listen to it. What the fuck does that mean? She she does all the, the likey stuff and comments. The likey stuff and comments? Yeah, the likey likes. stuff, comments, the whenever good, we the do moist, Q&As. Goody goods, sassafras. Uh, okay, so just to be clear here, and I want to make sure I understand that's more that. so than a lot of people in our inner circle. Oh, oh, hell yeah, yes, yes, no, no doubt about that. But just I want to kind of get a reference point for. So Arun doesn't listen to the show. He does. <laughs> he does. He listens to it three times before it airs. The first time when we're in the studio live. Mm-hmm. The second time when he's editing the footage. But you're not listening to the entire episode, are you? And you then? Oh, I do. The entire episode. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, I guess I fast-forward this portion. Why? He just puts it on camera one and lets it ride, baby. Yeah, until you get started. Once you get started, once that first switch happens. Which, by the way... There's a lot of context here. It's difficult for me. The comment section asked for Arun to be in the hot seat. We said we only needed one. We got one right away. Right away. (laughs) Right away. Straight through jail. It said Haroon? No, it it said Maroon. No, no, no. No, it said, oh, Rune. <laughs> I really didn't think you were going to sing that. Like, that, that was, um, 
I wonder if I could put some auto tune on you in post production. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> Create a gift. That's the gift. Our first gift. Our first gift. You know how long it's gonna take, you dude. Can we got we got the screens for it. We got to start doing this shit, man. We got to take this shit seriously. Come on. So we're not taking it seriously. <laughs> we gotta take. It, we gotta take it to the next level. By the way, we got good news. What I'm is not it? Aware of the good news. What's the good news? Shout good? out to our guy, Hayden. We hired Hayden. This air, this episode will come out. Technically, you didn't give him a contract yet, so <laughs> uh, I don't know be the guy. But uh, you've baited Hayden, then maybe. We yeah, we're excited. We hired an editor. We're excited to bring on a team member. Um, seems like a great guy. He's going to be a perfect fit for the team. Yeah, he's editing this tomorrow. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Well, he'll be editing over the weekend. Yeah. I got to give him the links to all the stuffs so we can make it look sexy. But you got to bring him in, dude. We should take him out to dinner on the black card. Wow. Wait, um, my black card? <laughs> that escalated quickly. My black no, card? Not my black card. Not your black card. There's only one black card. And there's only one restaurant to take him to. Houston's? Yeah. Duh. Because you know why? They only take reservations for four. You know, that restaurant, he'll... It never ceases to hurt when he does that. <laughs> that restaurant did some really weird stuff. Prior to the pandemic, they had an actual third kind of aisle of like probably eight or nine more tables. Mm -hmm. They pulled them out because they wanted to be more exclusive. Oh, okay. Which yeah. was strange. I see, I see what they're going for. They do like this weird in and out of their, dip the toe in and out of certain ponds. Like they during the pandemic and afterward, they did to-go food. Now they don't do it anymore. I like that better. The no to-go food? Yeah. I like that. So it's a different kind of vibe. I mean, it's it says something. We don't need that business. Sometimes I want some cow and I don't want to be around other people. You know what I mean? I saw uh, How Bob good is a ribeye, though, being delivered? I was going there. I saw Bobby uh, for lunch uh, Tuesday okay. afternoon, maybe Monday. I don't remember what it was. And uh, we went to lunch, and there was only bar seating. So we sat at the bar, and uh, I went to the bathroom, came back, and there were cocktails at lunch. He was feeling groovy. They were. I'm like, it's got to be good to be retired, bro. <laughs> Is he committed? Yeah, yeah. I try to get him to come back. No, but I mean, I like that, fucking begged. Just because he didn't come back to you doesn't mean he might not pick up another gig. Well, I may have threatened. <laughs> I said something to the effect of, "I love you to death, Bobby. Fucking the best, the greatest. I miss your presence in the office. You're an incredible human and an amazing professional. And I really want him to come on the show, which he won't do because he hates me. But." I will fucking kill you if you go work with somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that with love. Yeah. And dignity. Fucking murder you. I miss that guy. But uh, you know, he's a great dude. Stand-up guy. Dude, his experience back, dude, his experience in mergers and acquisitions and the contract side and the regulatory side, I mean, unparalleled, man. He's yeah. fantastic. He's an attorney. He's truly a gem. Mm -hmm. And I've asked him probably 6,000 times to come on the podcast and talk about Kind of his life in general, which I think would be a fascinating share for the we'll, show. We'll get him on. He, I cannot. I, I've tried. We're gonna apply some pressure. I have tried that. Listen, that episode will be fascinating. I've tried to get Hugo on the show too. We'll make him an offer he can't refuse. I have tried every offer. Arun, how do you feel about satisfying the needs of another man <laughs> emotionally? Whatever it takes for the show. Was it? I don't think you really need to clear your throat before you said that. I think it was just awkward. <laughs> that, was, that seemed a little bit unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> playing the part, man. Playing the part. And, anecdotally, before we get into the show, and I promise I'll get into it, you, uh, <laughs> the last episode, you didn't clear your throat the entire fucking time. I mean, he was good, clean. I just edited it, like, literally before I came tonight. Gucci. Yeah, he was good right up into the last couple minutes. And then you could just tell he was like, fuck. 
And he's like, rah, he's just trying to get it out. I yeah. tried. Now you you did very very well last show. I was I was thoroughly impressed with uh, how well you controlled that because as a guy who and meanwhile we were coughing our asses off. I left a couple couple of men for context. We talked about it in the show. Yeah. So look at you. Yeah. You know I'm thoughtful to the audience. See what you're doing. <laughs> God, it's so smooth. The show. Uh, McAllen thirteen. Uh, Twelve. Oh, is that our new sponsor? <laughs> yeah, we are now officially sponsored by the McAllen Highlands. Single malt scotch whiskey from a double cask. So good. You can buy that at uh, Transcend Pro Companies. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. Slash THSV. It's so sad because most people are practicing like dry January. That's like a real thing. I didn't. I know, don't like that. I don't understand dry January. Or there's like no shave November. I don't. Like, I get that some of this stuff supports causes in theory. Right, like so. I think the no no shave November is supposed to be like a cancer thing, is it or something? Yeah, I get all that. Right or sober October? No, I do not accept. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. I'm not abusing anything. Do I need to take a break? Right. You know, I'm just living my life, the best life. You're doing you. I'm doing something. Yes, you are. Well, uh, we are the number one financial literacy podcast in the world, and this is The Higher Standard. Maybe we should talk about some finance. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Sitting next to me, my partner in alcoholic time, the one and only Saeed Omar, everybody. Oh, thank you, man. Sitting next to me on my left is my partner in crime, Chris Nahibi. And behind the ones and twos, DJ Maroon. <laughs> What's up, everyone? <laughs> we got That means, you know what that means? It means we got a review at the end of the show. And for all of you out there who are listening to the show and who have left us reviews or comments, uh, you know, reposted us and have gone out of your way to truly, authentically misspell his name in the most creative ways. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that more than anything. <laughs> we, God damn it. It's just so amazing when you guys just take such pleasure in messing with him the way that we do. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, did you want to explain to them how to spell baboon without uh, bees? <laughs> That's all right. what, what was it? It was, it was baboon without no, a bee? No, it was Haroon with a B. No, baboon, baboon with an H. with an H. Yeah, so he said. Baboon. <laughs> I, I still don't understand it. I thought you were going to give them the Leonardo DiCaprio cheers, too. I mean, it was perfect. Leonardo DiCaprio cheers? Or he's like, you know, the, the gif from Gatsby. Oh. I haven't watched the Gatsby. What? No, he's I'm talking trying, about you. mocking you. No, it's, come on! Everybody read that book in like elementary school, right? Was that the elementary school when you read it, Great Gatsby? Uh, I know my mine was of mice and men. I read that one too. Yeah, yeah. great book. Yeah, fantastic yeah. book. I read that in high school though. High school? Yeah, I think it was high school. Yeah, I read those in high school too. Mine was elementary yeah. school. That's because we were a little bit ahead of the times, you know. Sure, we're buddy. We we're testing ahead. Did yours have words in it? Or just pictures. <laughs> just pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a mice. And then we watched the movie after. <laughs> the movie. You remember back in the day when you'd be in class, and then you'd see your teacher a substitute roll in some big ass heavy TV on oh, wheels, the greatest. And then they'd pop in like a VHS or some shit they'd tell you that was related somehow to something <sighs> you've been reading. True story, man. You know that's how I watched Lion King. I watched Lion King by them rolling in the TV. I didn't. I didn't ever heard of it before, and they played Lion King, and I was crying. So hard. It, I had to put my head down, and I was crying because Mufasa died. Wow, there's so many questions. You had a two-hour class? What do you mean? 
Monday night class, I don't remember there would have been two hours when you were in high school, were they? Not high school. I said middle or middle school or grade school. One of the two. I don't remember. That came out when you were in God damn it, I'm old. <laughs> you just dated yourself. Jesus <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Arun, can you tell me what year Lion King came out? This is really gonna piss me off. Yeah, 94. What? 94. Did you know off the top of your head? Oh, I just looked it up. That does not look like you looked it up. Yeah. One hour and twenty-eight minutes, nineteen ninety-four. I was eight. I was a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. I love you. What we well, got today? Oh, damn. Right, now that we killed 11 minutes. No, we didn't kill. We got a lot to get into. A lot of good stuff tonight. Are you trying to sell the show or shit the show? Because you shit on it and then you try to sell it. No, I just want to shit on you it. You shit sell. That's <laughs> not shit sell. You sell, then shit. We got good stuff here today. I'm excited. God, that seemed just... Can we just... We'll dub it over. We'll run it back? Yeah, run it back. Say we got, we got good shit tonight, man. I'm excited. Ah, seemed disingenuous. Arun, you want to do it? Nah. Eh, all right. We have okay stuff tonight, so he's uh, feeling good about it. Offices around America hit a new vacancy record. We're going to break that down. And that vacancy <laughs> record, just in case you want to know, goes back to before Saeed Omar was born. <laughs> Here is what a Bitcoin ETF actually means for investors... And if you're shocked, so was I. Never thought I'd see the day that we had a SEC-approved Bitcoin ETF. Yeah, man. I, I did not I got think... all kinds of problems with this. And this is where the money to be made overruled all the objections that everybody and their mother had. Not too long ago, when the crypto fallout kind of happened, mm -hmm. everybody in crypto who was once calling for decentralization and the... You know, we don't want anybody touching our currency. Was calling for regulation and centralization, and the complete polar opposite of what they said because everybody else got fucked in the rug pulls. And now they're all now excited. they're celebrating. Everyone's happy about an ETF because they know it makes it look like it's more legitimate. Uh, it's weird. Yeah, money does strange things to people. Mm -hmm. Inflation edged up in December after rapid cooling most of 2023, and I will say. That is an overstatement for the slight, slight pickup we saw. This got a lot of coverage today. I don't. It's got a lot of the stock market was surprised too. That took a little bit of a hit. Yeah, and everybody in the financial sector got kicked in the ding ding. Yep, they did because it it really signals to the Fed what they're going to do in the next two weeks. But um, we'll get into it. And then just before we started recording tonight, um, a lot of people sent me a story from the New York Post. About the greatest guru of all gurus. Finance guru Grant Cardone slaps telecom big John Legere from T-Mobile history. He was their CEO. I'm with, glad you read that because I would not have read that as Legere. Yeah, it's Legere. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably yeah, what it would have yeah, gone with. Legere. You, you got it right. With a $100 million defamation suit. And it is early. The suit was filed today. Thursday, January 11th. I mean, in used, Miami. We use the word filed loosely. Yeah, very loosely. And we'll get into why it's loose and not toit like tiger. It's not toit like a tiger. Yeah, there there is a, a predicament with what we're seeing. And by the time you hear this, maybe it'll be resolved and maybe it won't. Oh, we got some issues. Psychological issues as well. So. And uh, just for those of you who've ever wondered, I think um, Arun and Saeed have narrowed down. Uh, my behavioral patterns to either being autistic, I would never, or having Asperger's. No, no, no. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I openly admit to likely having autism, low grade, and I 
does run in my family on some level. Like, there's people really? in my family who are artistic. I do think I think that there's a problem with me most of the time. Really? Why? Are you being sarcastic? No. Um, when I was younger, I was very emotional. Had like anger, right? You would never guess, right? <laughs> and um, I see that same type of anger and rage in my son a little bit. It doesn't bother me. In, in some ways, I think it, for him is a sign of intelligence because he's frustrated he can't do certain things. Okay. Maybe that's the excuse people gave me. But I find myself, as I've gotten older, and I'm, I'm on testosterone, which increases your estrogen, and I know what emotions feel like. I am devoid of emotion in so many circumstances that I think is like normal human biology to have. Mm. Like I get angry, but I don't get like emotionally sad, and, and I typically don't pivot on emotions I'm, and I'm, I'm very black and white as you said earlier tonight mm -hmm. i know it's an extreme and it's probably not normal no i think i think there's a healthy way to deal with it definitely just not the way that but I'm i just i don't i don't think that the world is black and white i think that there are gray areas because um there's so many variables to every situation right mm. and if you only analyze the facts that you know that you're focused on then it's easy to go miss it I feel like in most cases, I'm not going to say all, but in most cases, there is an ethical right and an ethical wrong. Yes. There is morality. And for me, morality is not murky gray. And if you add in more facts and things seem like, ah, I really don't know what to choose, that's because you either don't have enough facts or in that rare set of circumstances, there might be an in-between because mm -hmm. you don't know. Right. But that's only because you just need more data to decide. True, but there could be rippling effects to those some of those decisions that we make that may not be considered. Well, rippling effects like living through 14 years of artificial interest rate deflation in a market where people were buying properties for more and more money. And for those of you who may not be familiar with something called the capitalization rate, the capitalization rate is a very often used term in the commercial real estate world. It's a way to compare one like investment to another like investment. You can find a capitalization rate for anything. Right. And compare it. And it basically gives you a investment-to-investment investment comparison. I am not a fan of capitalization rate. People in commercial real estate will probably you know, send me hate mail for saying that. I think there are better ways like cash-on-cash cash return that are much more clear. Mm -hmm. But capitalization rate is in a lot of ways the way a lot of these commercial pieces of real estate will trade. Right. Capitalization rate, the lower it is, the less profits are there. A great example of a way you can look at this in the commercial real estate world is if you have a cap rate of 2%. Mm-hmm. That's about how much money you're going to make on your money. Now, 14 years ago, up until now, loan rates got really low. But if you were buying a property for a cap rate of 3% or 2%, you as the property owner were going to make 2 or 3% after paying all of your expenses, your net return. But a bank was giving you a loan for 3 and 3.5%, 3 which meant the bank made more money than you did. Yes. But that's how wild the market got. And if properties were trading... Above value, people said, you know what? It's okay. We'll increase rents, and that increased rent will increase the cash flow. It'll improve the cap rate, and over time, I will make more money. Right, and that's what they were banking on. Banking on is a good choice of words. From the Wall Street Journal, office around America hit a new vacancy record. And if you look at this chart, it is wild. The 19.6% of office space that isn't leased is the highest since at least 1979. And just, that's, if you round up, 20% of all of the office space in this country is not leased. Right. And I feel like in some large metropolitan areas, 
that number is significantly higher. I think metro, larger metropolitan areas are really carrying the weight here, and I think especially the towers, office towers. Mm -hmm. Arun pulled up the chart here. This chart, to me, screams, holy shit. Yep. And around 2000 to 2001, you see a very, very significant dive down in vacancy rate to just around 8%. And the reason why, you have the dot-com boom. Right. So Everybody was getting office space. So from the article here, it says that easy lending fueled a construction boom, particularly in the South, where land was cheap and red tape sparse. Banks often financed speculative office projects that didn't have any tenants signed up. So yeah. What is, so what does that mean? So how could they would they would lend on these properties with no tenants? Speculative building means you're basically building and you're speculating, mm -hmm. they just say spec, on the future income, right? And, and what they do is they get they look at like properties, so comparables. Similarly situated properties in the market. What are they earning? What are their rents? What rents can you likely obtain? Mm -hmm. And they would underwrite you based on what they think you can do in the market. Now, that's risky. A seasoned conservative lender might say something to the effect of, hey, uh, we don't underwrite to future rents in place or pro forma projections. We only underwrite to actual rent in place. So you need to get your building leased up prior to the finishing of construction, mm -hmm. right? Or you need to get at least up prior to us financing you and taking out your loan right. after construction's done. And sometimes what they'll do is if like some of the tenants are in place, what they'll, what they'll do is they'll, they'll give you a loan and, and request a holdback, mm -hmm. right? Where they hold back a certain portion of the loan amount and give you time to lease up the remainder of the tenants. And once you can provide that those tenants have now leased up, and the property has been stabilized, meaning that the tenants have been in place for several months. It's not, and the tenants are quote unquote considered seasoned, meaning they've been there and they, they're going to continue to stay there. Then the bank will release the remainder of the funds. So let's get into the data a little bit here. America's offices are emptier than at any point in at least four decades. Fuck. Longer than Saeed and Arun have been alive. You too, man. Nope. I am uh, 1979, bro. 43 years old. I said 1979, you were born in 1980. In at least four decades. I've been alive for about four decades, four oh, decades and three years. Uh, so math is not your strong suit? <laughs> it's not the best. Not no. the best. But yeah. it said 1979. Okay, I can't read. So if you can't add. Perfect match. Yin and yang, baby. It's on yeah. the right side. What's on the right side? No, no, I, no, I can read this. I'm just saying in general. Aha. Mm. Uh -huh. I, I believe the last episode I was editing it, you said, Chris, can you not stutter? Stutter, and you made fun of me. <laughs> And, and so now that's before I knew you're autistic. Yeah, I was going to say, I opened my heart up to you and I tell you the truth. And I mean, you got to feel bad about that, right? No, it's black and gray or black and white. <laughs> <laughs> you stutter your chief. You okay? <laughs> I thought he was going to go black and yellow, black and yellow. <laughs> anyway, uh, reflecting years of overbuilding and shifting work habits that were accelerated by the pandemic. A staggering 19.6% of office space in major U.S. cities wasn't leased as of the fourth quarter, according to Moody's Analytics, up from 18.8% a year earlier. That is slightly above the previous records of 19.3% set in 1986 and 1991, baby. The highest number since at least 1979, which is as far back as Moody's data goes. And that last statement is really important. Mm -hmm. We're only citing the worst in four decades, but there is a high probability this is the worst ever. And I thought to myself, okay, wait a minute. Is this going to get better or worse? 
And then I sat in my office and I thought, okay, Chris, let's, let's, uh, let's stop looking at cat videos for a minute. Let's focus on the podcast. Let's think about business. And I'm like, shit, Google just laid off some people today. A lot of people. Oh, the guy got those numbers. You do? I got, yeah, all the, all the layoffs that, were, that have been going on this week. So BlackRock laying off 600 employees. That's 3% of their workforce. Okay, that's the only non-tech related one. Amazon laying off 35% of its Twitch staff. They're also going to be laying off uh, their staff from a lot of their staff from Prime Video and mm-hmm. their MGM Studios. Um, Google cutting back 100 jobs, hundreds of jobs. But remember, last year they cited that they will be cutting up to 30,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. So this is part of that. And um, there was an article that I actually forgot to plug for the show, but I did take some notes on it here. Newsweek did a survey of 900 companies across the country. Four out of 10 companies are preparing for lay, laying off workers this year. Plus, you add in some of the names we've talked about on previous shows. Mm-hmm. Nike set aside $2 billion for cost savings. Right. They just laid off Tiger Woods. Yep. Tiger Woods got the, got the uh, pink slip. Everybody getting laid off. Everybody out here. Yeah. You know? No one is free. No one's safe. No one's safe. And uh, Jane Frazier over at Citibank has announced significant cost-cutting measures. Uh, Wells Fargo is taking City, a huge— Citibank, I think it's going to cost them like $800, $900 million? Yeah, it's, it's a significant overhaul. She took over the job with the need to overhaul the businesses, but mm-hmm. they completely shut down municipal finance over there. They're doing a full restructure of middle management. She's been very forthcoming with it, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not trading. I think they're trading below tangible book value right now. So they they have a lot of room to go up. Where a lot of banks have regained a lot of that back, right? Uh, I mean, not a lot, but a, a good amount. Of, a good certainly globally of systematic important banks, which City arguably is. Yeah. Uh, they're probably the worst off, but you know Jane Fraser will turn that around. I have full faith in her. Lastly, uh, Xerox is going to be laying off fifteen percent of the workforce, and we talked about that because you know nobody makes copies anymore. Who's copying? I mean, really? What are y'all doing over there? I mean, a copy. You know what? You know what I feel like? I feel like people at the National Bureau of Economic Research and Xerox—they're working two jobs. They're working together. Not, who's? Not, none of them are doing anything. I feel like if you were to go to the National Bureau of Economic Research and you were to look around the office, number one, they're all working from home. Yeah. And number two, if you were to, like, have a camera, yeah, zoom into one of their homes, they're all playing on Rubik's Cubes. <laughs> all of them. So I, I did some digging on that, too, by the way. So typically speaking, the National Bureau of Economic Research calls a recession 12 months after the fact. Okay? So it was 12 to 18. 12, 12 to 18, but typically yeah. 12, right? The longest they've ever waited was 21 months. Oh. So. Wow. It's not to say that it can't still happen. That would put us in, what, mid-year this year? hmm Oh. And the projection really is, so last year for the full year of 2023, GDP for the year was around a little bit above 2%. The projection by the Fed this year is a positive 0.9% GDP. What, what they're really saying is they expect a recession the first two quarters and an uptick on the final two quarters with a lot of the quantitative easing that will happen with the rate cuts mm-hmm. to help pick it back up. I was at the gym working out tonight, and um, I haven't showered, by the way, so if I smell bad, I apologize. I gave you a freebie. You're not going to take that uh, one? No, no, I'm, I'm above this. Oh. I'm taking the higher standard. I'm glad one of us is. Uh, and I got uh, a Reddit alert that a new post was kind of catching a little bit of traction and a person on Reddit had said, don't fall for the soft landing hype. Everybody around us is getting laid off, and the mainstream media is strangely not covering it. Right? Remember we talked about this, too? 
a lot of companies weren't going to do it before the holidays, right? They were going to wait for the holidays to pass, and really they were gonna, it was going to start to pick up in Q1 of this year. Yep, we right? did say that. Why would companies do that, though? Why, would, why, do, why do they wait for the holidays to pass or Q4? Well, there's certainly a human element there. Let's be clear about that, right? I mean, people got families. It looks bad. They don't want the bad press of having a massive layoff. Mm-hmm. They also want to prepare the market for it. And there's there's also some kind of like tertiary things that most people don't really talk about. So typically speaking, most of us who got W-2 pay stubs, right? You start paying your taxes at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, your tax benefits are actually a little better. Like you're not paying as much taxes, right? Okay. So you have some upswing. Now, if you wanted to say, hey, we want our Q1 to be amazing, you can cut people in that that quarter, but then you have the benefit of the taxes. It just looks bad when you come out crazy profitable mm-hmm. in that fourth, fourth quarter. Yeah, these are all things they have to consider, They right? consider so many factors. This is only one of them. But then they go, okay, wait a minute. If we lay people off early in Q1 and then we revise our guidance to the rest of the year, we can have an okay Q1, but then we'll rebuild from there, right? right? So, And then at the end of the year, you have to understand, too, that if you're a publicly traded company— your full year, end of the year numbers are important to you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make a big dent around November, December. You only got two more months left of the year. So it's not a real value add. Right. You've already kind of planned. You've accrued your bonuses and budgets and everything else. Is so. it one of those things, too, where, like, okay, you kind of it's, it's a tool you have in your back pocket that you can maybe pull out later if, if, you, if, you, know, yeah. if you know your earnings per share is going to take a hit. You want to cough again? Go ahead. You can tell. So yeah. I'm so sorry. It's every the room. You, it's you the find room. it every time. You're, it's the room. Sorry. It's not the room, dude. So if if they can tell that the earnings per share is potentially going to take a hit this quarter or the upcoming quarter, okay, let me save it for later, and I can I can use it then to cut my costs yeah. to provide better guidance to our investors, right? It's very circumstantial, and every company has internal politics, external pressures, financial challenges, a different sector and business type. Remember, this all started in the mortgage industry, worked its way into the financial industry as a broader whole, and has now hit the, the tech industry. But you've seen Spotify, you've seen a bunch of other companies that yep. are not really necessarily tech-driven, but they're also kind of outside the space. Xerox is certainly not a tech company anymore, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of people. I mean, Nike, that's not tech-related. Right. You know, you start kind of going through the list of these companies, and you are starting to see that rolling recession impact that we spoke about. And as a reminder, unemployment typically peaks at the end of a recessionary economy. And if that's true, and we are going to go into a recessionary economy, we avoid the famed, now infamous softy. Mm-hmm. Well, that means what we're seeing now is only the beginning. It'll continue to rise. Something I want people to keep in mind, too, is in, in 2023, the layoffs doubled from the previous year. Yeah, in they're, they're going to be more than that this year. So I guarantee that. So watch, this year is going to be even more. I guarantee that. Right. I guarantee it. Yeah. Hopefully not on my side. What? Hopefully not on my side. As you look at Chris. <laughs> that got awkward for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next article, Arun. I think that there's um, uh, a nice little um, strange addition we can add here. So this from CNBC. Here's what a Bitcoin ETF actually means for investors. Mm-hmm. An ETF, or an exchange-traded fund, is a type of investment fund that is traded on stock exchanges. The same stock exchanges that were saying just a couple months ago that they had been undermined. The SEC had been undermined by the trading of securities in the form of cryptocurrency off of the stock exchange. Securities fraud. Right. 
trading activity, illegal trading activity. And now we're just welcoming them with open arms. It just seems very fuck. It seems like it was like, wait a minute, we're not getting a piece of this pie. Fuck you guys, it's illegal. Right. And now it's like, okay, we're getting a piece of this pie. Fuck you guys, it's legal. Right. It's very mixed messaging. Right. So it's something to keep in mind when if you are to invest in ETF, right? Let's say you invest into the Bitcoin ETF. You're not really buying a Bitcoin. You're buying the the fund that is tracking the price of Bitcoin. Yes. Right? So that's something for everyone to keep in mind. So the value of God damn it. <coughs> the, there it is. the value of the ETF, if, if Bitcoin goes up, then your ETF value goes up, right? It's a basket of assets like stocks, bonds, or commodities. Yes. And when you buy shares of an ETF, you're investing in a small portion of those assets. Yes. Just like orange juice concentrate or gasoline or electricity. Right. They're all commodities. Right. I'm not sure what electricity is, but yeah, whatever. Our favorite is the S&P 500, right? The ETF? Yes. Yes. I'm very curious about your coughing. Why? It's here, man. It's you, We were outside for an hour and a half. I did not cough. I think he's beginning to become like a nervous tick. Really? Let's talk about your feelings. Let's talk about it. Is there something you're hiding from me as, as your co-host? No. Your partner in time? No, why? Partner in crime. I'm your partner in time. I know. That's what you're I just You're committing said. the that's crimes. Partner in time. Yeah. You're very confused right now. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. What, what, the, what are we doing? The mimic game now? No. <laughs> this is the game Adam plays with me. Is it really? Yeah. That's interesting. Arun, um, your thoughts on Saeed's current disposition? I don't know. I feel like there's something's up. <laughs> are you uh, revengeful right now? We I, care about you. I'm revengeful? Yeah. Are you, are you listen to the evil laugh? Is your, <laughs> is your internal anger breaking through in the form of coughing? What internal anger? I don't know. You tell me? No, no anger. Very happy man. I feel like an angry person would say that. Really? What do you feel? I feel happy. I feel at peace, Christopher. Do you? Yeah. I go to sleep well every night. That's not what you said. That's what I said. (laughs) Just realized you guys are matching again. I know. Yeah. In my defense, I was wearing this all day. (laughs) He was. He changed. He showed up to the office wearing this. The guy that says, I only wear suits to the office. I did not say that. I I used to. Track Track suits. suits. Yeah. (laughs) I woke up this morning and I was bombarded with this shit. And then I had a meeting in the office at 1230. Yeah. And it was, I looked at my watch. I'm like, it's 11. And I'm like, I haven't showered. Mm -hmm. I haven't got dressed. I've been on phone calls literally all morning long, nonstop since like 7 a.m. I'm like, I get the fuck out of here. I got a meeting. I took a meeting from my desktop at home with my cat in my lap, which was mm-hmm. awkward. Talked to a couple of reporters and this and that. And I was just like, fuck. Right. And I, everything was going against me. I'm like, I had to make a game time decision. Do I get dressed or do I just grab this? Nobody says track suit. I don't go to a track. This is a fat suit. Grab the fat suit. It looks cozy. It's very cozy. It's actually yoga attire from Nike, which um, is counterintuitive, but it is what it is. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, and that's what I wore to work today. So let me get into this real quick. This is what bothers me about this, and I want to get your take on it, right? Because Norio Rabini's a piece of shit. That's my take on he it. He is a big piece of shit for flipping. Broke my fucking heart. Yeah, we're going to call him Flipper from that one. Flipper? You know, flipping yeah. on us. So the problem with this is I feel like a lot of people out there, a lot of investors, especially maybe some older investors, they don't understand crypto, even right? Like I don't understand the hype about it. I don't understand how could people even trust something like this. This legitimizes it, right? It makes it gives it that veil of it's legitimate, and also it almost makes it feel like there is some oversight and there's some regulation behind it, even though there's not. 
There's not regulation and oversight into crypto. Right. But this, again, to your point earlier, is tied to the valuation of crypto, which is, to your point, very early on, gray. Yes. This is not the black and white. This is the gray, where you don't get a definitive answer. And unfortunately, it all comes down to economics. Mm -hmm. The market, meaning everybody who trades on traditional Wall Street, now gets a piece of the pie of this space. And all of a sudden, they're not so concerned about the underlying risks anymore. Right. Because before, if you wanted to get some action in on Bitcoin, you would have had to go to one of these you know, crypto exchange funds. You would have to have a crypto wallet. You know, right. you have to be familiar with Web3. You'd have to send money vis-a-vis -vis your crypto wallet to purchase it. It'd be stored in your crypto wallet. Right. And the crypto wallet, you know, is stored on a blockchain mm -hmm. or is recorded on a blockchain. And these things are all very scary to a certain demographic. Some people are just all in. They embrace technology. They're all about it. But certainly the older demographic was like, I, I don't want to have a crypto wallet. I want to be able to check it in my, you know, my normal stock trading account. And this is and this is what bothered me the most by it. I want someone from the SEC to come out and be like, look, we are not vouching for this, right? Like they haven't said that. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. At the same time, the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Company Corporation, and the Fed and the OCC, the Office of the Comp Control of the Currency, that really oversee the banking world, has really pushed back on legitimizing cryptocurrency and its access to the monetary system. Going so far as, as to deny requests for access to the Fed and not allowing a lot of crypto-based and blockchain-based companies to, to get engaged in the space. And that's really put a kind of a wall up between banking and cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yet the SEC, which has classically been an under underfunded regulatory agency with not enough people, bodies to regulate things yes. have now done this. I found it stunning, frankly. So I'm, why did the SEC get involved? Like, like what, This has like, been going on for over two years. They've been trying to get this accomplished, right? Yeah, they have been trying to get it accomplished for a long time. The, the why, uh, Maroon, I, I don't know. It, it really has not been fully explained. It hasn't been fully explained. And, I mean, one can assume that, look, there's enough high-ranking people in the world today financially that have advocated for this because they like the ideology of cryptocurrency that even after the crypto winter that we lived through even after norio Rubini tearing this to shit there was clearly a race to get an etf off the ground and approved by the sec mm -hmm. it was something that everybody was racing to do for one simple and very obvious reason it's going to make a lot of fucking money right and we actually had a listener reach out to us and asked this question, which I thought was really interesting. They said, do you think that this is a chess move by, by doing this, it'll keep people from ever making this or keep the crypto bros from ever having this become an actual currency? I think they're, I mean, well, this is a tinfoil hat moment. Yes. But yeah, I think that this undermines the independence of a, a cryptocurrency's ability to undermine the U.S. dollar. But I also think that this doesn't preclude the United States from rolling out a government-backed cryptocurrency. Right, we've talked about it, yeah. This doesn't deal with the underlying issues of if you wanted to manipulate the ETF by artificially increasing the valuation of something like Bitcoin. It does not solve any of the problems that we've 
Yeah. We've called out from the beginning about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. If anything, I think this just paves a new road and a new way for people to lose money. To me, this this is frankly bullshit adjacent. And I, I don't mean to be like negative and, and shit on the whole thing. I I just I you can treat it like a commodity, fine. It's not a commodity. It's only a commodity in the fact that, and I know that people are going to get all of my DMs about this shit, and they'll be like, listen, you don't fucking understand crypto. I get it, bro. I get it. I get it. I get that you know more than me. I'm going to say that now, okay? It's not orange orange juice, okay? It's not like a barrel of something, right? Mm -hmm. This is a digital currency which represents a finite amount of these things that can be, quote, mined. And that can be easily manipulated. Sam Bankman fried himself has said that they try to manipulate the value of Bitcoin. Charlie, yeah. On the record. On the record. Yeah, in court. Charlie Munger, God rest his soul. Rest in me. Rest in peace. Stud of a human being. Shit on cryptocurrency. And all the people who were crypto fans were like, you know what? He's old. He's outdated. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I feel like he knows what he's talking about. I got to be honest. If I had to pick Noriel Rabini or Charlie Munger, I'm picking Charlie Munger all the Or the, the crypto bros. What do you mean? If I have to pick the crypto bros or our boy Charlie? I'm not a classist asshole like you where I'm going to lobby everybody into like this group and just discriminate against it. Mm -hmm. There are some plenty, plenty of outstanding crypto bros out there, okay? Yeah. Plenty of outstanding ones. Yeah. Don't ask me to name one. <laughs> They're the best people. Yeah. The Winklevoss twins. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you would follow the market today, and Ar Arun, I don't, I don't know if, ooh, Arun, I don't know if you did or not, but um, the market seemed to react a little adversely to the inflation report that came out. CPI came out today, and this is the last inflation report that's, I think, coming out before the Fed's meeting at the end of this month. So it's a big get deal. That, get that cough out of the way. <coughs> it's there a big it deal. It's a big deal. You fight it every time. Just let it go, baby. Let it, go. Let it ride, right? Let it go. CPI came out today on Thursday, uh, January 11th. The, uh, so this from the Wall Street Journal. Inflation edged up in December after rapid cooling most of 2023. Pace of price increases was nearly half as strong as in 2022 and wages rose. Not good. Well, hold on. Hold on. What was the previous number? Last month, okay, CPI came in at 3.1%. Okay. Okay, I know we're about to get really technical and people are going to feel like this is like... This is not technical. This is just maths. This is maths. This is the headline figure, meaning the overall figure, right? This is not what the Fed looks at, okay? Last month, it came in at 3.1%. This month, it came in at 3.4%. Okay. It's going the wrong way. No, 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 no. But consensus before that, though, was 3.3%? What the expectations were? Yeah. I'm not sure what the expectations were. It was 3.3%. All we need, all we really need to know is wh which direction is it going. Right? I, I understand that that's how the media spun this. No, but let me help you out, right? Because I know you want to make, make the point that it's not that big of a deal. So core inflation, what the Fed likes to look at, actually ticked down. Mm -hmm. Okay? So core inflation came in at 3.9%. Last month, it was 4.0%. And to be clear, I didn't see a single fucking headline that covered that. Yeah. Because, hey, we're moving in the right direction. Everything's all good. Relax in your chair. Have a have a stogie and watch. Right. Not the same thing, dude. Like, people didn't care. People were like, oh, my God, inflation edged up. Holy shit. Right. They're going to raise rates again. Right. Oh, my God. And the market 
presumptively with people who trade based on experience and subject matter expertise, the market reacted so negatively today. Because everyone had been pricing in a Fed rate cut by March, right? It's, I think it's, there's a lot of people talking about May now. No, it is. So I, I got those figures. I got those expectations for the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which basically predicts and has not missed yet on a Fed rate cut, right? It does get more accurate the closer it gets to a Fed meeting, though. It does get more. It, it does fluctuate. You're right, right? But here's a quick little breakdown. So the CPI report, the consumer price index is broken out into four different sections. You got energy, food, shelter, and services, okay? So energies, it, food and energy are the two sections that the Fed likes to remove out when they're looking at core inflation. So if you remember correctly, last month, energy was really the driving force that was bringing inflation down, right? Because if you compared it to a year earlier, that was when we were heavily involved in the Ukraine war and a lot of efforts were going over there. And that's why this year it was taken back down because... Well, the president's going to fuck that up by attacking Iran. But that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So year over year, energy was down 2%. Food, year over year, was up 2.7%. Shelter, year over year, up 6.2%. That's a problem. That's a big problem. It makes up 34% of this report, right? So lastly, services. This is the biggest problem. Where I read earlier that wages rose, okay? I know naturally we all think that if people earn more money, that, okay, we can maybe achieve a soft landing because they'll be able to manage their debts better, right? Because mm -hmm. they'll have more money. People are getting raises at their jobs. People are getting new jobs that are paying them more money. <coughs> the Fed does not look at it this way. What is wrong with you? The Fed looks at it like with wages going up, it's going to increase inflation even more. They want to see wages remain the same or come down. They do, and that's likely that's going to be what's going to happen. I'm not going to say likely. I'm going to bring in an air purifier for you. I really am. I've okay. got two of them at home. I know it bothers you. I'm sorry. No, it doesn't bother me. It just, I just, it's weird. It's, it's the, it's the air in here, man. Dude, we've been here for a year. Yeah. The air in here. Yeah. We need to, we need to get an air purifier. I've got two sitting in my garage. I just don't bring them in because they make noise. They don't. They're not like you know. They hum. Right. I know you like humming. So here's the projections. Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Look at you being so focused on the show. I just feel like this this is the part that people come to the show for. For you to the, read about inflation? This is the meat and potatoes. Well, give me some meat and potatoes. Okay, so next Fed meeting is at the end of this month. 97% yeah. chance that they don't cut. We knew that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Not a surprise. March 20th, that's that big March meeting that everyone has circled on their calendars. 67% chance. They do not cut? They, they cut rates. Okay, all right. Okay, a little bit more than a coin flip. And it was closer to like 80 or 90% not too long ago. Mm -hmm. But now May 1st, right? 96% mm -hmm. chance at a rate cut. Yeah, that, that seems to be the growing consensus. And I think, um, again, the Fed has reiterated on multiple times over multiple occasions that they are data dependent. And the data that's come out since, call it November of last year, 2023, through now, has seemed to cool their jets on the need for a rate cut quicker. Mm -hmm. So I, I think uh, my guess is that we will not see at this point in time a March rate cut unless there is something right. that moves significantly. And frankly, the data seems to be decelerating in the way that benefits the Fed's overall, like, I guess, goals. Right. So, and with the home <laughs> value situation 
that just occurred. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, interest rates dropped pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. We got some home uh, price pickup and some activity. Now, although it's not a lot of activity out there, that little activity that's taking place is having a big impact on the market on average values. Right. Home prices, rent are lagging indicators. And in a couple months from now, and I don't know, March, when that data comes in, Something tells me the Fed's going to be less than happy. And to your point, how much of housing is inflation? Of CPI, it makes up 34% of the report. So if 34% number is more than likely going to go up, mm-hmm. it's going to either slow or reverse the trajectory of the current inflation number right. as that 6% number becomes possibly greater. Yes, exactly. And as that happens, we will see that push of the Fed cut probability creep higher i will say that 6.2 percent figure for shelter is down from last month that was 6.5 percent. so it is ticking down and it this was because of what was happening about five or six months ago in the markets where we saw a cool down as the mm-hmm. treasuries lifted and mortgage rates hit remember at the time seven percent we were wondering they get to eight percent right that was our mindset about five six months ago and that is the lagging effect mm-hmm. because rates move Housing activity happens. Housing activity gets reported from several different tertiary sources. It aggregates. It comes in. Right. Five or six months later, you get a revised number. Right. That's a lot. one of the many flaws in the inflation number. But I expect to see that number rise. And this might actually work out just perfectly for the Fed, right? And for them to have a reason to cut in May versus March. Because after March, right, after Q1, mm-hmm. companies are already out there giving their guidance, telling you what to expect. I think you're going to see a lot of companies not meet, you know, their expectations, okay? And when those Q1 numbers come out, when do they come out after Q1? How a month later? When do they report them? Uh, oh, after Q1 ends? Yes. Usually the end of the month the following month. Yeah. The following month, right? Yeah. So you'll have, you'll have them in April, okay? And then the May May meeting is the Fed comes in. Yeah. Just time for the first rate cut to now push back in some optimism. And look, for some perspective, for those of you who are younger or you weren't old enough to really live through the recession in a working capacity, a lot of Gen Z out there who reaches out, you're, that's your demographic, you know, some of the I guess, late millennials, whatever. Um, when was the last time you guys remember large companies having this significant of a restructure consistently to the market? I mean, fucking Nike, man. Right. That, that's a big pivot for Nike. But they're not alone. Google, dude. Yeah. Google could do no wrong. They couldn't not make more money quarter over quarter for so long. Do you remember? I remember a time where Amazon did not care when they if they lost money. In fact, they were constantly reporting that they were losing money. Yeah, we're going to make it up. It's yeah. all good. We're going to make it up. They just wanted to clean up more of the market grow, share. Grow, 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 grow. And now the pressure for them is off. We can cut any job we want to right now. No one's going to bat an eye. No one's even going to report on it. Yeah, exactly. They didn't make mainstream media anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the crazy thing. I'm going to go off on a bit of a ch- tangent. I'm going to try to be mindful of the show timing and everything else. But God damn, why do we – CNBC, CNN, they're talking heads, fine. They spend five minutes breaking down a topic that's dramatic enough to pull you in and then move to another topic for five, ten, maybe fifteen. Even the long format shows that are an hour long. They don't spend a lot of time diving into things. They move from topic to topic to topic. Mm -hmm. And yet we bastardize social media for doing the exact same shit. But at least social media is accessible whenever you want it. Mm -hmm. You can go open your phone and you can go through and scroll stuff. It's there at your leisure. 
if you will. But if I want to watch CNBC, I got to go to CNBC. I got to watch the whole thing. Yet the numbers, the viewership is down. So I mean, the traditional media has to be dying. Mainstream media has to be dying. Yet why are we all so just in love with the headlines? Yeah, man. You read the headline, you think you, you understand the full picture, right? And you're labeled like a conspiracy theorist if you question a headline. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're, you're like, oh, my God, the New York Times said this. Or, oh, you know, the Wall Street Journal said that. Whoa, whoa, how dare you question an ulterior motive? Right. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's what makes you feel good about it. But I just look at some of this, like the, the fear mongering that was going around inflation today. I looked at the inflation number and I thought, eh, this is right. Right. Core inflation being what it is. Okay, we were off. So I think the general consensus going in, and maybe someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty confident in this. General consensus was that we were going to see inflation creep up to 3.3%. Mm -hmm. And it came in at 34 Greater than people's expectations. Oh, my God. Yeah. 0.1%. Right. Really, bro? Exactly. That's a big nothing right there. What are we, what are we talking about? And oh, then I, I saw the, the market trade down. And then I saw people, the talking heads, talking about inflation. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? We're trading down off of 0.1%. Right. If anything, if anything, it did signal that, okay, look, unless, and the Fed made sure this was very clear in their minutes, right? That unless they saw a major uptick in unemployment, then they're going to keep status quo. Yeah. Right? So a lot of this news of layoffs now starting to come online, I think they're going to be like, okay, this is the reasoning why we're going to cut. All right. We got one more article to go. And we've got uh, a review to cover. Mm -hmm. And the next article, well, that just, uh, that just bitch slapped us like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I was uh, rolling in the Rivian. Uh, on the way into the show, and I started getting uh, a little lit up. Apparently, Grant Cardone is suing John Legere. Legere? Whatever. Former T-Mobile CEO. Former T-Mobile CEO. Now, there's some history here on a clubhouse discussion, and then ultimately on, I think it was uh, X at the time. Did you ever tune into any of those clubhouses? I downloaded the app. I tried to use it once or twice. I really did not enjoy it. And I just, I, I think it was draw. Supposed, I got the draw. It was supposed to be like a live format podcast, really. Or like you got to sit in on a conversation that you would never really get a chance to. But then Twitter spaces really killed that. Yeah. You know, so I was like, eh, and I, I got listened. So on a Twitter space, actually, uh, John and uh, Cardone went off on each other. And it's out there. It's all over the internet. You can find their, their initial uh, back and forth. And John basically called him... Uh, a fraud you're not a real billionaire yeah you're not a real billionaire and he called him out but john was very very measured in his responses and even accused cardone of getting direction from his attorney on this same conversation and and john is got some stigma in his past too he's a very interesting personality he really he calls people out he's very different than your traditional ceo but he's made a lot of money and he it's verified and, and real okay he certainly doesn't like grant cardone and I've called Grant Cardone out for you know things here and there on the show uh, in the past, a couple episodes, you know, all good. But um, he has now filed a one hundred million dollar defamation suit, according to the New York Post, against John. This exchange took place, I think, over a year ago. It's been it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. So I read the article from the New York Post, which talks about the history that we just broke down to you, talks about uh, kind of their individual 
uh, I guess, perspectives and references uh, a post that Grant Cardone made on, I want to say it was Instagram, where he basically said, if you're a podcaster, if you're a YouTuber, if you're out there besmirching my name, mm-hmm. I'm coming for all of you. This is the first, and I'm not going to comment on more, but there's more. And look at us, brave soldiers. We are brave soldiers. I, I, I'm I salute you, sir. so afraid right now. Something tells me we are not even remotely close to his radar. But if we if we are, yeah, just no. And I will say, my, my first glance at this, I'll be honest, was like, okay, this is what Scientology does. Grant Cardone's a very well-known Scientologist, and Scientology is very known for being very aggressive in defending what they think is their their higher-ups, their, their influential people. And Grant Cardone, like it or not, is an influential person mm-hmm. from a notoriety perspective for the church. Uh, I thought that's, that was my first kind of like thought. And then I thought, then I was like, wait a minute, you know what? I'm judging. Let me read the complaint. Right? Right. So I started looking for it. I, I am a licensed attorney for the record. Yeah. I was not able to find it. And the T-Mobile, uh, T-Mobile, <laughs> the, uh, the New York Times, New York Post, Post. Sorry, the New, New York, York Post, Post article. Sorry, jeez. Uh, Arun moved it on me and I lost everything all of a sudden. The New York Post article, it's always Arun's fault, by the way. Uh, said that they that it had just been filed in uh it says according to a florida suit filed thursday in miami-dade county yeah so i could not find that so i called a buddy of mine who actually is an attorney in miami-dade county i said hey bud i know it's late there but can you uh pull this out for me he couldn't find it either but it, it is currently it's thursday night it is thursday night so it may show up like i don't i don't know how long the delay is he told me you know i usually see them same day they can come the day after he's like i'm not entirely thrown off by that but there is something that makes me feel uncomfortable and i'm like well hey well, you know what is that and he goes well this interview is with the new york post not the wall street journal not you know not a more reputable journal journalistic integrity based platform you know mm-hmm. just okay so who spoke to them and i said well presumptively from this somebody from cardone's camp but they say that cardone didn't want to comment and neither did John Legere's camp, but they seem to have insider information from Cardone, which explains kind of the history here. So, okay. He's like, okay, well, whatever. He's like, clearly this is Cardone's people putting something out. Um, And they they said, again, to your point, but according to the Florida suit filed Thursday in Miami-Dade County, the value of Cardone's brand lately has been slashed by an amount believed to be no less than $100 million because of Legere's false and defamatory statements. Come on, man. So what about those properties that you bought that are now under value? Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if there's any... And John is very smart. I, I don't know that he's going to win this suit. And defamation suits are hard. And it's all sorts of weird. But what's it's weird t- is it's tough when you're a public figure, right? If you're the New York Post, why didn't you publish it? Publish the suit. Why didn't you? Why didn't you give us snippets of the suit or pictures or something well, this, from it? This is what makes them partially like not that credible, right? Like, I mean, you should have done your due diligence and had that. Well, look, and re- I'll read it again. But according to a Florida suit filed Thursday in Miami-Dade County, the value of Cardone's brand has... uh, They're citing the suit as if they saw it. A Florida suit filed, not the Florida suit. According to a Florida... Right? Okay. In online chats and social media comments, Legere has publicly slammed not only Cardone's financial savvy, but also the fact that Cardone claims to be a billionaire. Okay. um, If I'm not aware that Cardone is a billionaire... Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he said some pretty inflammatory shit on that. That's clear. But there's nothing here that gives me anything of tangible value from the suit. And he and the reason why we're making this such a big deal is because 
He went out of his way to say, I'm coming after all the YouTubers. Stop right there, everyone. All the podcasters. Yes. All of you. Like, come on, man. And again, quoting from the New York Post article, the filing says, according to this, this article, this is their quote, the filing says Legere was accused by audience members of, quote, uh, allegedly being drunk, slurring his words, and appearing jealous and envious of Cardone's self-made status. And when I read that, I'm like, wait a minute. That's going to be a problem. Defamation can vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but I do have a bit of a history with defamation in Florida. I've, I've been involved in a couple of things. No shit. And if, if everyone, you want to Google it, there are three elements to Florida-based defamation. Oh, okay. A slander or a libel? Um, I want to say it's... Slander, right? Just the slander stuff, but... Libel's when it's written. Libel's slander. when it's written, slander's just... But I, I'm very familiar with the slander stuff. Got it, okay. I don't know if it applies to, to libel, but... Uh, I don't think... You probably didn't find it, but... Um, number one... Is it actually what, I thought I saw Florida defamation uh, law. No, I have it. I actually have it. Right uh, there. What are the three elements? There's oh. three elements. I, think, I believe the second element is the person has to be cognizant of what they're saying, so... Under Florida law, defamation lawsuit uh, has to be, okay, the defendant published a false statement, okay? I don't know that Cardone is a billionaire. He's going to have to prove that in court in order to sue for that being defamatory in and of itself. There could be other elements of defamation, like calling him a fraud and stuff like that. Con man, bullshit, Con man, bullshit that, that, that could be. Uh, about the plaintiff, okay, done. Published to a third party, done. And the falsity of the statement caused injury to the plaintiff. So you have to prove injury. Direct causation, right? Direct causation. It's very difficult to prove when his he has a relatively new syndication business. That new syndication business bought real estate. Those values are independent of that. So it shouldn't have hurt your existing business. Now, new business coming in, how do you prove that he and his comments stopped you from... Affected those values. Well, not only affected your values, but affected your ability to generate new business. And... How can you proclaim that it's $100 million? Like, How do you know that you would have made $100 million in new business yes. in a downward-trending real estate economy? Maybe you're making less money because real estate just is trending the other way against you right now. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot there which is murky, but there's also something else that's not here in this law that I know. Slander in particular in the state of Florida, I'm sure someone's going to tell me that I'm wrong, but I know this to be true. You can't be intoxicated. You have to know what you're saying or be in the right mental state to be able to say that he knew what he was saying. So if you said these things while you're intoxicated, while you're intoxicated or while you were otherwise mentally just off, can, can be used against you. It generally will not qualify for defamation. Oh. And yet the article literally says he sounded drunk when he did it. Why do they do that? Why did the article go out of their way to make that point? It's like they're almost giving him an out. It says the filing says yeah. accused by audience members of allegedly being drunk, slurring his words and appearing jealous. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll tell you right now, he's not jealous. <laughs> and and it's bizarre. And I, I think I have it the exact exact uh text. Hold on, I think I have it right here. Um let's see. I copied it earlier and wrote it down for the show and I thought it was text from what? Um, the text, oh, here we go. Uh, elements of Florida defamation case made uh, a false statement of fact about you to a third party. So you published a false statement to a third party, someone other than you. Mm -hmm. So other people in this chat heard it. So that, that's there. False statement. You know, they have to prove that in court. Uh, had the required state of mind when making the statement. Mm. So we're already, so you're telling me they filed, you're telling me 
that a lawsuit the New York Post had that was filed by Cardone, you found and nobody else can find. I'm told from people who very much know that John Legere has yet to be served and is currently unaware of any suit other than this article. Right. So let's so go into the facts here. And you're going to tell me the suit that you read that was written mm -hmm. and filed by an attorney in a law firm, presumptively a good one for Cardone, you know, who has good right. attorneys, literally stated a claim and facts which would make the claim ineffective. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It just seems very right. bizarre. So, And and Jean Legere hasn't uh, made a statement yet on X or anything? He has not publicly commented that I'm aware of. Again, this all just happened on the way in, but I found it so strangely bizarre Yeah, that I thought, you know what? Let's put this in the show notes. Let's talk about it, and let's see where it goes. Let's revisit this. I, it'll be interesting to see. In this day and age, at this particular juncture in time, a lot of – in he, Cardone addressed this. Like, you know, don't say – you know, don't try to use in my opinion as a defense or, mm -hmm. or you know, public form or this or that. Right. And, I and really find a lot of this difficult to sue for. And I think it's going to have a very difficult time. So Leger often became extremely defensive, erratic, and combative, seeking harsh, to harshly dismiss Cardone's views, even resorting to inappropriate personal attacks directed at Cardone's background, religion, height, business practices, mm -hmm. live events, and reputation. Okay, again. And this was filed in the state of Florida, right? Florida, yeah. Is that, County. Is that... That because most of his properties are in Florida, you know, I don't know what their strategic. I don't know what there's always a strategy, right? And I think that's worth like breaking down to the listeners. Yeah, but he's suing Legere. Yeah, but he, as a local Florida resident who has real estate there, he and his law firm, which may be a Florida law firm, may feel like they've got better likelihood of success on their home turf. On their home and turf, and it may favor a local hometown boy, right? And the laws might favor his but again, cause. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know enough about the background to know. I I found it. I mean, it wouldn't be uncommon for you to file a defamation lawsuit, especially one that was on the internet where it was published everywhere across, you know, where it's convenient for you to file. So I'm not taking that. I'm taking that with a grain of salt. Like, Got it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But what I will say is if if you are a court <laughs> and you've got John Legere, a very wealthy man, and Cardone, who's probably not a billionaire, but still very wealthy, right, arguing with each other, you're going to get a fucking jury of peers for this? Like, how do you expect this? They're going to be like, what the fuck? Right. I love, he posted the, he took a screenshot of the article, posted it, and he captioned it, warning all. <laughs> yeah. So, no, no, look below that. So, I'm going to read that, actually. Did you have that second part of that, Arun, the, the, the rest of the, the comment, warning all? We're going to it right now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you go to Grant Cardone's portfolio, or profile on Instagram, and, uh, it's there. The, the, his, like, his bros are out there, like, clapping. Dude, Tariq Al Musa was on there. Yeah. and But, see, I've, I've. God, I'm going to say this on the, on, the, on the record, and I know it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. Tarek Al Musa has always been a weird dude to me. <laughs> and I, I don't. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith is in the picture with Grant Cardone. So I'm going to read this. So he put in, in all caps, warning. This is from Grant Cardone. He posted a picture of the New York Post uh, article that came out. Warning, all podcasters, influencers, YouTubers, and moderators slash hosts. <laughs> you, you can't even bring up my name. Yeah. <laughs> Put some respect on my name, yeah. Well, I will not speak to the Legere case. I can tell you there is more, in all caps, to come. I will be aggressively seeking damages against all, all caps again, 
who attempt to defame my name, brand, or business without providing supporting facts and due diligence to support your slander. Now, that's interesting because what the only other person named in the New York Post article was a gentleman who used to be a Scientologist who put out a very, very detailed YouTube video in which he exposed, in his words, a lot of the things that Grant Cardone did that was wrong. That gentleman was Aaron Smith Levin. Mm-hmm. He's a reformed uh, Scientologist himself, and he has a YouTube channel, which we'll probably link whenever we do this, put the show out. But he did a full breakdown on Cardone, and he had all of that information in there. He was named in the New York Post article from a historical perspective of how this wound up. It would be fascinating to see if Cardone sues him, but I, I can tell you, having watched this guy's videos, Aaron's videos, yeah, he's not going to shy away from this. He's probably going to have a YouTube video out by tonight or tomorrow talking about this, and he's probably going to go into incredible detail, right. just like he always has. He's not standing down. It's interesting. So and I have a theory. I want to get back to that in a, in a minute. So thousands of families are employed by me at our many companies and tens of thousands of investors depend on money distributions from our investments from Cardone still. When reckless slander causes my employees and investors to question themselves that damages my businesses and I will do everything necessary to stop anyone who attempts to who intentionally attempts to do so that was okay that was written poorly also you will not all caps be able to hide behind the veil of he is a public figure which is a valid defense there's a higher standard of slander for public figures right (laughs) uh in my opinion all quotes you can't say in my opinion uh saeed is chubby (laughs) generally speaking you are allowed and entitled to your opinion right so again he's saying you can't rely on the two words that typically because he's going to say obviously in you know you just because you use those words or i was drunk as your defense now having listened to the conversation between john and him from clubhouse from uh, that was on uh twitter spaces twitter spaces uh he he actually said the words that he quoted he didn't say the drunk part but he said in my because grant Cardin tried to call him out and clearly talked to somebody and hesitated and John Legere knew that there was like some kind of direction. He, and he said, let me be clear here, Grant, in my opinion. And then he said the rest. So he's really speaking to the, you're not going to be able to get out of this by using your, your carve out words, it, which it. additional warning. He goes on. All YouTubers, influencers, podcasters, moderators, and hosts on audio platforms, including guests on live or recorded social media platforms who seek to damage a business brand or name without providing supporting facts and due diligence to support their claims and headlines must be stopped from their vicious and damaging liable. If you are, if you are a witness to this slander, reach out to me. Okay. I found this to be the comments section, by the way. Great. Fire. Fire comments. Do section. yourself a favor and go check out the, the comment section. Uh, and uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're, uh, yeah, Terrical Musa. I, I just, I, I just, I find him to be incredibly bizarre. I, I, I he's local too in same circles. Yeah, 53 likes. Yeah, the whole thing is just strange. Keep in mind, there's an entire fan cult like kind of 10x club that really supports him. So I, I, I don't know what to think. But here, here's what I will say strange that nobody has the filing yet. And this, this article comes out 
why would you let the article come come out if you're Cardone's people without John Leger being served first? Why are you taking this tack to put everybody out there on notice? It seems, in my opinion, <laughs> okay, like a massive PR stunt. Yeah. And I don't know what to think about it. I hope to see the, the complaint, but... Um, Speaking of the immediate opposite of a complaint, let's, let's talk about a review. Let's do this, man. By the way, for anybody that's listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple, please do us the favor and head over there and leave us an honest five-star review. It really helps out the show. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, for YouTube uh, viewers, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell, hit that like button. Do all the moist goody good. You want to say it? Sassafras. Sassafras, not the MDA. Was it? MDMA? MDMA version. No, not that. Just do all the goody good stuff. I think you lost them. You lost them? I lost them? I'm not as up to speed on the... You're the one that asked me to start saying that. That bullshit. You tried to trick me into that shit. I didn't try to... Fuck you very much. because you've got a higher degree than common knowledge of drugs... You're the one, Does Christopher. Not make Christopher, you're the one that I said it's a very no common I, saying. I had no idea sassafras had hallucinogenic properties until you told me. There you go. All right. I was shocked. I was mortified. All right. This from uh, let's see. How would you? How would, what, was, what is this name? J Mad Madrigal. J Madrigal. J Madrigal. Ninety one. New listener. Five stars. Clearly honest. You don't sound like a new listener to us. You sound like family. Honestly, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Gave the show a chance after hearing Chris on Mind Pump and DM'd with Chris a few times on Instagram. Wow, you respond to Jay Madrigal and not me on Instagram. Dude, it's getting hard to respond to a lot of people. I, I, I know. You ignore lying. me all the time. Do I really? Yeah. I feel like you don't send me like messages. I do all the time. Do you really? No. Uh, loving it. The no bullshit show to financial literally. I feel like that's a jab at me. Remember I said this is the number one financial literally podcast in the world? I feel like he's just factually representing what you put out there. Or she. You don't know that. Okay. Or, or she. It, I mean, Chris should know if they've been DMing each other. Yeah, you should know. I mean, you're saying you don't remember? You're, you know, there's too many? I know this is going to be very difficult for both of you to, because you're sexist. Um, <laughs> I do not click on people's profiles and go, what gender am I speaking to? What? <laughs> I don't do that. Here's what I do is thank you, nice person, for saying nice things and communicating. With, thank you for, for being a human being who takes the time out of your day to not only listen to the nonsense that I have to say, but reach out and message me. And thank you, human being, for being cognitively aware that out of the three of us, I am the one you do want to talk to. It's true. I, and let's just let's just call a pig a pig here. A spade a spade. Or that. Um, the Mind Pump episode had some people who really enjoyed it. And there are people who fucking hated me afterward. Did not like you. I why? Only the biggest reason why is because the cadence of the the way the Fed raised rates. It's like okay, man. Like we we said that it was the fastest pace ever, but really there was another time that was slightly at a faster cadence, right? No. Is that was that that's what they were arguing against? That, you? That's the argument against it. But we've never had this bell curve like approach, right? With success, successive seventy five. If they just did two seventy five base point increases back to back. That's 1.50%, right? Yes. That is faster than any two consecutive increases ever. But they did four. Yeah. That's 3%. 
And again, it was a bell curve. Now, it, there was a longer period of increases, which led to a longer delta from but the start point, to finish. But that's, that wasn't the point, though. The point yeah, was... People don't want to argue points. They want to be like, listen, I know more than you. Here's why. I should be on mind pump and sitting in the seat. And you know what? Good for you. You probably should. I was shocked and felt incredibly, I don't know, lucky to be there in the first place. I'm just a listener of the show just like everybody else was. I was just trying to get in shape. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I don't know how much thought you've really given this. Um, but for... Um, my kids, personally, I want them to know details very well, but I would much rather prefer them to understand concepts. I want you to understand the concepts of things quickly, right? Put it together quickly. Get the bigger picture, right? Don't, like, hyper-focus on these fu fucking nuances that are just going to, like, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. And that's how you get me. <laughs> yeah. That, that This is what happens when you drive yourself that kind of crazy. That kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap this one up. So great show. Great for my day while running around doing tasks. Great show overall. Keep it up, guys. P.S. Maroon in the hot seat. I think that's it. I was, that, that's, now we got two. We got a review. What are we going to have? Are you guys going to sit here and talk? What are you guys going to talk about? Why do you automatically exclude yourself from being in the room? What do you mean? I want to I wanna do his job terribly. <laughs> Worse than me? That would be a no, dude, You bad. do it. Honestly, bro, you, you do. You're not going to. You honestly do an amazing job. You're going to be so frustrated being back there doing what he has to do every night. It's not easy. It's not easy. There's a lot of multitasking. And I'll be honest with you. You can't multitask. And if you cough in here, you're going to be coughing your ass off out there while you hoof down those chips. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Chick-fil-A. Fat ass is over here. I you did. were throwing down those waffle fries. I, I haven't had waffle fries since the last time you guys bought waffle fries. All right, in and out fries or waffle fries? From don't don't do this. Don't don't come on, do honestly. This. I need I need I, that answer. I, I can already tell no matter what I fucking say, you're gonna disagree with me. Well, what I'm not that guy. I have an answer. I want in and out fries. Waffle fries. Fucking see, I told you. <laughs> I fucking told you. So well, predictable. So much better, bro. Because you don't you know why? You don't get the Chick-fil-A sauce. With I don't, the in and out fries. I don't eat sauce on anything. I don't like sauce. You didn't use any sauce tonight? Huh? No. I, well, no, I actually used ketchup tonight. That was the first time I've used ketchup. <laughs> That's exactly. And the only reason I did that, so my chronic throat clearing issue that I have, I honestly believe. The mental one? Yeah. It's not mental. I went, I've been to a hypnotherapist, okay? <laughs> I've been, I think it counts to like 35 or 36 doctors now. And I'm back on the, like, I'm going to try to fix it thing. Like, I, I got to figure out what the hell's wrong with me because it gets bad in the mornings and some days it's terrible. Today was actually okay. Um, go to Wisconsin. They do all kinds of cool like therapy over there. Well, my sister light treatment. Wisconsin. Yeah, they do that. That's kind of, so fucking random. Kind of therapy. Yeah, next to Kanye. Guess, at, his, at his ranch with is Brad Pitt. Any, is any with of Brad this Pitt. supposed to not sound random? <laughs> with Brad Pitt. That's your, that's your crew right there. Have you seen the pictures of Kanye and his now wife like going to the stores and she's wearing like really inappropriate stuff? Wait, he's selling socks now. What is he, dude? For like how much was it? It was like like two hundred dollars. The fanboys must be crazy. Dude, the comment section when the shit was like all like, I got to get these. And the girl's like, I need them for the club. I can be wearing these Yeezy socks. And I'm like. For the listeners out there, he's going from selling Yeezys, the shoes, to now socks with like like a rubber bottom. I am not paying $200 for that, dude. Yeah, man. Who's walking around like that? I guarantee you he sold out. That's the worst part. Yep. But, and this guy was all about helping like the youth. You can. What? I remember when those foam slip-ons first came out. I'm like, those are fucking hideous. Easy slides? The slide? That's fucking hideous. People bought them. I saw no, them all around stop. the airport. Everybody had them. Yeah. I'm not a slides guy. You are, though. Slides with socks. Ugh. Slides with socks. I am a Ugh. slides. I know. Listen, 
the level of confidence you have to have to be rocking walking around with sandals, flip flops, showing your toes. We talking about Arun's got ingrown toenails and still rocking those bad boys. He Dude, gives no fucks. There's very few people that can match his level of confidence. He's got the confidence of like a stallion. Oh, I didn't recognize horses had confidence. Oh, is that a compliment or an insult? Just to be he's clear, like, he's got Rocky's confidence levels. Rocky Balboa or Rocky Road? No. <laughs> That's honestly uncalled for. That's, that's that is a clarifying so, question. Oh, dude, that is so uncalled for. That's a clear. You were very, very ambiguous. <laughs> Rocky Balboa. I said a stallion, bro. And Ro- then you said Rocky. And Rocky I didn't know Balboa. if you were pivoting the insult or not. Listen, if you're being ambiguous and I'm trying to protect him from having his feelings hurt by having you clarify an ambiguous Wasn't statement. That his, didn't, didn't, he have, didn't Rocky have the nickname the stallion? I've never watched a Rocky movie. That's a lie. That's not, that's, that, that is a lie. I have never li- watched we're the lying, entire movie. We're lying on the podcast now? now? I've entire, never watched the entire movie. That's fucking bullshit. Are you talking about Rocky or are you talking about any of the movies? I've seen... Rocky the, 4, bro. I haven't seen any of the Rocky movies. You, okay, do yourself a favor. Watch Rocky The 4. only Rocky I break portion that I've seen is I saw the one where he fought uh, the Apollo blonde Creed? dude. Apollo oh. Creed. Is no, the blonde dude. The guy, the guy said, I'll break you. Number four, Yvonne, right? Yeah. The, um, fuck, what's his name? The actor, the blonde dude, tall blonde guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him. He's like G.I. Joe. And then I saw the scene where he fought Mr. T. Same movie? Uh, it's number three. No, number three, you're right. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. I've never, I've never seen them all. I've never seen, like, any of them. Pity the Fool. Well, I know that because I know Mr. T, but, yeah, yeah I, I've never, like, seen the Rocky films. Never, I never, and here, this is going to blow you away. I've never seen the Godfather films. I know. So I don't watch uh, Loki until he. Yeah, that's does one that's of those disrespectful. Two. I'm happy to make if we're, we're going to trade. Yeah, I'm happy to watch. I want not the Rocky films. I have no interest. What I'm happy. To, this is a great. St- look, there's a reason why they made as much money as they did. I'm sure there is. I have no desire to see. You know what to me that it is? All that is is Grey's Anatomy with boxing. You don't mean that. I do. That's wildly disrespectful. Yeah. Apollo, it is. Apollo, man. Apollo Creed. That means nothing to me. McSteamy. He was, he was arguably, that's a good poll question. Apollo Creed or, Mc, or McDreamy? Actually, that's a good question. End the show with. Say, what's a famous movie that you have not watched? Ooh, I like this. A famous movie that I have not watched. That's a tough question. I bet you you could ask me. You, you probably have a better chance of asking me without me. like Avatar. Famous. I've seen Avatar. The first one. I haven't seen the second one. I haven't seen the second one either. No okay. interest. Too long. I have not watched Pulp Fiction. What the fuck? I also have not watched Pulp Fiction. What? Yeah. Or you haven't watched Godfather. Don't speak. On, bro, Godfather? Michael Corleone? The Gimp? <laughs> Nothing? Bro. I don't believe this is... Yeah, I don't believe him either. Honestly, I have... How do you not... I have watched every Tarantino film. I have to, really? I have to rethink this whole thing right now. Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2? Yes. Why not Pulp Fiction then? Well, it came out before my time. I'm just being honest. I wasn't even trying to be an asshole. That's the worst that, part. That's, that, that's, that's the, the hurtful part. That's the hurtful part. That's the hurtful part. <laughs> Honestly, it's just not the same. That's so not It's not nice. the same. That's Have you seen Braveheart? Yeah. That's Odin's favorite movie. I honestly don't think it's worth being a favorite. Gladiator's better. Gladiator is better. My guy. Yeah, Gladiator's better. Braveheart's meh. I'm not, I'm not. Odin likes the love story. That's You've seen all the Lethal Weapon movies, I assume? Huh? Yes. Okay. Especially with Chris Rock in it. Number four. Let's go. Oh, that's right. Butters. Butters. 
Oh, I gotta find. They should have made another one of those, man. You seen the oceans? Huh? Oceans? Eleven, twelve, thirteen? I think I've seen them all. I think I've seen them all. Have you seen the Indiana Jones site? Yes, I have seen Indiana Jones, including the Crystal Skull. No, no, I have not seen that. Have you seen Blow? Shut the fuck. Come on, man. The fuck. This guy hasn't seen Blow. Who? What? What a piece of shit. He's lying. Fuck you. What a piece of (laughs) shit. Odun? What? You've not seen Blow. Yes, I have. No, you have. You saw the ending. I swear to God, I've seen it. You? Okay, I believe you. Blow's a great movie, man. You. Blow's a great movie. Yeah. True story too. So it makes it so great. Yeah, it is a true story, and it, it's it's weird. Like, it's odd because it's so sad. The ending is like it, it's so real. Yeah, it makes you. Yeah, it makes you feel it sometimes. You say you don't have. You just say you don't feel a lot of emotion. Has there ever been a movie that made you cry, except for Peaky Blinders? You well, I was on <laughs> testosterone, estrogen levels spike. Yeah, there's been a number. I mean, it's weird. When I was younger, I would cry like all the time when I watched stuff. I was I had a lot more emotional like variability or volatility back then, but now, okay. now it's I mean I, I might get like like pause and like breathe heavy, but I won't like I don't cry. So I'm the last reel that I made made what, you cry. No, so I actually <laughs> yeah, honestly, that should be the caption. So I made it and I was looking for a new song because you know I've been using the same songs and I, I need to find a, a new one. You know YouTube has a whole catalog. Of music, right? Yeah, I, that, that's generally where and I you get can them use from. The, oh, you don't use the. Uh, the service that I, I gave it? No, no, no. no. You, I do, but I still, I, I, I want to use ones that, like, I don't know, fit the vibe. So I take a lot of time, a lot of pride into it. The one that I used on the last one, I don't know if you noticed, was the Interstellar song. I so, did, yeah. So when I when I first, and I I showed my wife the reels, I was like, hey, did you, did you figure out what uh, song or what movie this is from? She's like, no, I don't remember. I was like, oh, Interstellar. When we watched it, we didn't have kids. So then I pulled up the final scene again where he's, like, figuring out that he can talk to Murphy in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Morse code. Bro, I, don't, I, saw, I started crying. I'm not going to lie. I got teary-eyed. It touched me differently. I'm like, man, I wonder how many movies I could go back and watch, and now that I have kids, it, w- it would hit me different. Probably a lot. Kids kids changes your perspective a whole lot. Like I, we saw, remember all doing, there was that one time where we were passing by, I forget where it was, we were passing by TV and The Sixth Sense was on, and the, oh, and yeah. the kid was hiding behind the couch, and he was, and he was really, really scared. And I literally just thought of my son. And I was like, oh, my God. I, it, it hurts me to think of my son ever acting this way. So I guess now we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> I'm not in the room. Oh, not in the room. man. You see what he's doing? He's doing a mile. I, he's I doing was, a mile. I, well, we knew we were, he was going there. He no, was going I was, there. I was not, not going to do I was actually trying to protect you with the clarifying the ambiguity of the Rocky thing. Because... He has a tendency to take unnecessary cheap shots. And I just wanted you to know that it wasn't it wasn't intentional, okay? Bipolar fuck. Honestly. You're a sick bastard. I'm not bipolar. That's I'm, I'm autistic. There's, there's a difference, okay? Um, we've now gone on a, a three, maybe four episode. I've been in my fields, man. It's four episodes now, okay? Consistently, consecutively. Where you have gone hard at the most amazing father in the world role. I'm just, I mean, this is, this is what, this is what I deal with on a daily, man. This is what, it, like. I'm, Your emotional restraint from yeah. being so committed as a father. I mean, it's constantly, if I'm being 100% transparent, it's constantly on my mind, yeah. I can't help it. So if you are, in fact, the world's greatest father, what does that make a ruin and I? That is not what I said. <laughs> you labeled me that. No, you, you, you said, you said that. You said that sarcastically. So you're really taking shots. Okay, so let me let me just 
give you a hypothetical. If every week uh, we came in here and I told you how incredibly sexy I was, and I gave you examples of how sexy I was, you'd be pretty com- you'd be a pretty confident guy. So you're a pretty confident father. No, seems kind of hypocritical, brother. No, I'm just well, I'm just sparking a conversation, man. What are you saying? Is it make you uncomfortable when I bring up these conversations? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Makes you very uncomfortable. Because he doesn't get emotional. And he's like, "Fuck, I should." Yeah. Why do? What's the problem? Well, if I'm being honest, yeah. I feel like I'm a pretty good dad. You're an amazing dad. Not compared to you. Why? Because I don't get up before the sunrise and make my children a five course buffet breakfast. I don't drive them to school. Who does that? You do that. I do not do that. My wife does that. I don't do that. I drive, I take my kids to school. You don't make breakfast? Mm-mm, my wife does. Or he also takes them to school because it's... I take them to school because my wife has to leave the house. I'm, I'm the only option. She has to leave the house really early to get to work. Being the most amazing We don't father. have that luxury that you have that Joanna could take the... Being the most amazing take father in the kids. world is the only option. I get it. It's not true. <laughs> Like it's the only Why does it make you so uncomfortable? I can only be what I, I can think. Be I think this this sparks a different type of conversation with you. If you feel uncomfortable, then there's some issues you need to address. There, there is an issue oh, I need to talk about. Yeah, I do want to talk about. There are issues we need to address, okay. my friend. We got to get him over the 130 mark. Remember that was our plan. <laughs> uh, bro, this is stuck on camera one for the last 40 minutes. So yeah, I know. You don't. Even, I, I've seen I the last three of shows. Oh. He's like yeah, 40 minutes in. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'm not switching. Yeah. All right. Here's my here's my honest. There is nothing personal you've ever shared that's deeply intimate about you. Well, it's never come up. Like, it doesn't naturally come up. I'm not afraid. Wait, how this turn get Yeah, well, this is a conversation about, yeah, about you. fatherhood. You said that these conversations make you feel uncomfortable. Why? Because you never share anything else about your life besides how spectacular a father you are. That's, that's what makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. You know every personal thing about my life. No, I don't. What? Really? You don't? Tell me, what do you want to know? He wants ammo. Be careful, yeah. Said. I know he does. I know how, Chris, I, I know how he operates. Questions. Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> do you shave your groin? Yes. Really? Trim or razor blade? Trim. Manscape. Really? Shout out. We need a sponsor. No razor blade? So you leave him fuzzy? No. Huh? Is that fuzzy? It's kind of all natural of you, right? It's gross. You know what Rune doesn't. Come on, man. There's no world where he shaves at all. Yeah. See, you want to get to the, like... Personal questions that are like, yeah, I do a little intimate. I want all the intimacy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let me ask you both a question. We'll end the show on this one because this one's compelling. Do you pick your nose? Yes, obviously. Rune, all the time, bro. There's boogers over yeah. here right now. I once got into a car ride with an examiner. Uh, I think it was from the FDIC. Oh God, be careful! And bro. I asked everybody in the car the same question, and she said no. What does it tell you about that person? And I said. I know there's a sick hidden agenda with you with, with this kind of shit. I was driving. And I turned around and I said, you're a fucking liar. And she looked at me mortified. And I, and I was like, listen, you want to know you're a fucking liar? The only way to clear the boogers from your nose yes. is by picking your nose. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I use a napkin. That's still picking your nose. That's still picking your nose. No okay. one said you don't. <laughs> exactly. Just because you use a tool doesn't make it less picking. Right. We all have to. It's biological, baby. So don't lie to me. Yeah. Did you get her to flip? Like Noriel? No. She was in total denial the whole time. And she never came back. I may have offended her. I think you did. Because I'm an asshole. Or that. It starts with an A. I wasn't going to. That's not a joking matter, my friend.
Being an asshole? No, whatever you whatever you want to say. An A. What? what an A. What's an A? Amazing. Oh, you're amazing. Okay. I'm amazing. You you can't be the only amazing person in the room, right? You, you, bro, you're pretty fucking amazing. Thank you. Honestly, amazing there's too. like amazing and then there's you. And uh, if you want to send a rune an email, it's O O R O O N. Ooh, rune. At thehighestandardpodcast.com. Yeah. Well, anything else you got? Nothing. I'm tapped out. Now, you, you feel like you got to know me a little bit better tonight? I feel very comfortable with your grooming habits right now. Ready? Okay. All right. That was a weak ass one. Um, Syed, what's on your bucket list that you've never, or yeah, what's on your bucket list that you want to get done? First thing that comes to mind? This ought to be good. Courtside at a Laker game with my kids. Damn, not even your boys? Yeah. It's, it's Chris could have done that with the black card. You fucked up. Well, no, you, you, what, you, what you misunderstood there was like, you guys are my sons. And he goes That's on a mute. Terrible save. Yeah. What? Did Oops, you wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you, you. That's how much you mute me. You fucking muted me on purpose. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't want to talk. No, of course, course, I, course, at a, at a game. It doesn't even have to be a Laker game. It could just be any game. I might be able to make that happen. Well, you've been telling me this for several years now, and I've just been patiently waiting on the sidelines. Well, your well, birthday falls during the off season. It so. does. Does. Why would why did you presume I'd give to him for his birthday? I was thinking Valentine's Day. Tell your wife I'll be gone. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> How badly do you want to sit courtside, Said? <laughs> it's like one month away, by the way. Valentine's Day. I know. Oh, by the way, I saw the presents that you got for Joanna and yourself came in late. So did you get that reserve gift for Christmas like you said you were gonna get? Yeah. I gave it to her. You got a reserve gift. There's you- still one more gift that hasn't come yet. <laughs> I'm a terrible husband. In my defense, I ordered like a month and a half, two months ago. Maybe really? you can learn from Saeed. Uh-huh. What? Maybe you can learn from Saeed. Oh, yeah. We are Muslim. We do not celebrate Christmas. No, just how to be a better husband. <laughs> oh. oh. No one said that. What are you saying? You Odu- say it all the time. Odun's over here claiming that he's the world's greatest husband. Me? No, we know he's the world's greatest husband. <laughs> Come on, man. Yes, that's what he claims. <laughs> Come on, man. He, he fake scouts so he knows to help. Wife, kind of the attack. Sorry. Ah, I can't walk. Shit, I'll go upstairs and watch Netflix. I'm sorry. <laughs> It only helps when I rest it on the bed. Yeah. Can you massage my feet after you're done with the kids? I know. I've, I've seen her massage his feet before. No. Yep. Stop it. Oh, dude? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> Confidence. Yeah. yeah. You know what he said? He said it with his chest. Yeah. Uh, gout attack. Wink, wink. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay, no. That's a lie. This hey, we got, listen, we're Jim honest. said wink, wink. We're honest on this podcast. You can't say wink, wink. Okay. You got to do wink, wink. I respect her no so much ha- for that. So you were at his house. No, we were at my in-laws' house. This is not even at your own house, you dirty bastard. Wait, why? You, wait, hold on, house. hold on. I'm not. I'm not even making funny fun of the situation. I'm saying respect to them that they're that she's that comfortable. Sock on or off? Off. You had her massaging your raw ass gouty foot in someone else's house. My parents' house, not someone yeah. else's. That's house. That's someone else's house. That's my be, definition. Someone else's house. Come on, Grant Cardone, keep up. <laughs> he should be. He, I'm saying he should be proud of the strong relationship that they have. I don't care about your partner massaging your feet, but there are places. Did she wash her hands afterward? Probably. That does not sound confident. Yeah, I'm sure she did. She's, she's, she's a clean girl. Does she have any warts on her hand? <laughs> and fuck you, Chris. <laughs> what's on your bucket list? Yeah, what's, on, what's, the, what's the first thing that comes to mind on your bucket list? Uh, 10X a show. <laughs> 10x. I do think a lot about the growth of this show. Not 10x this way all the way to, to Florida. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> 10 X is all the way to Florida. <laughs> I did say that before. Um, hmm. I would like to take my mom, my wife, and my son to Italy. Wow, look at that. Greatest husband, father, and son. Oh, this guy tried to top everybody. Damn, look at this sorry, fucking- mister. <laughs> wow. No, not, not, well, so my mom just lost 100 pounds. She had a, a stomach surgery where they removed half of her stomach, you mm-hmm. know, basically cut it in half, and it's permanent, which is interesting because she had a lap band years ago. It didn't work out very, very well for her. I thought she would never want to do that again, but she lost over 100 pounds. And for the longest time leading up to this, I was so concerned about my mom's mobility, and she always wanted to go to Italy, and I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, I'd love to take her, but, I mean, it's got a lot of walking, and she's not very mobile, and it's... It doesn't look very comfortable for her. Now she's walking 12,000 steps a day, and she's kind of moving. My wife's never really been out of the country other than Mexico. Oh, okay. And Carter now at four and a half, it's kind of like the perfect time. So I haven't figured out when I'm going to do it. Um, I really want to go over the top with the trip. So before you two give me shit for the things you'll likely see, my mom's always wanted to go. She's never been really anywhere. Mm -hmm. And after she divorced my father 30 years ago, she never really dated or got married again. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of one of those things that's been on her bucket list for so long that would make my wife happy and my son happy. That's awesome, man. Let me ask yeah. you, just let me ask you one follow-up question. So are you going to be sitting in first class while you send them all in the back again? Or well, how's that going to play out? Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Seeing how I'm HR, I don't think he's accumulated enough PTO for this. Yeah, yeah he hasn't accrued enough for this. <laughs> uh, how much PTO have I taken this year, HR? <laughs> HR. Honestly, your accrual rate is not at the same rate as his. That's I, what he's saying. I think, I think he's accruing days that he works, not days <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, he's going to Sacramento for his sister-in-law's engagement in like a week. Yeah. He is. But you are bringing your laptop, right? Just to be clear on that. No. Oh. So you're gonna work virtually from your desktop here, or how's that gonna work? Yeah, I'll 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 do a Zoom. That's why he's rushing Hayden to the job. Who? Hayden. You dirty, selfish (laughs) bitch. He's rushing Hayden so he's on unlimited PTO. What was that, Hayden? You want to come into the studio and see how to use this? We got to invite Hayden to the studio. First Houston's and then the studio. All right. Let's. uh, Before before my PTO. You want to take. We'll do like a (laughs) contract signing with him at Houston's. You want to do that? I would love that. Give him an opportunity to read it over, and then uh, we'll sign him in Houston's. Hey, don't, don't sign it, Hayden. Just, we'll go to Houston's. We'll it's get a crazy. ribeye. He's, he's going to get the invite through this right here. I'll yeah. be actually pretty dope. This is how we surprise him. Oh, then let, let's, let's do one thing. Hayden, if you're a vegan, you're fucking fired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Please send all hate email to Chris at yeah. Higher Standard Podcast. Yeah, send your vegan hate my way. I'm not going to read it. Yeah, yeah. I like cow. And we'll put it. I'll put it to you like this, Hayden. Uh, we're going to order you a steak, and you can choose whether you want to eat it or not. Do you want the job or not? Yeah, if not, I'll take it home. Eat the ribeye. <laughs> yeah. And just to be clear, your sides are not going to be tubule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well. Odin, oh, you got anything? Nope. Christopher? I got all the things. Do you? Yep. Sipping on that same drink still, huh? I do have one last question. You kind of forced me to ask it, all right? All right. And I, I better be a good question because my question was good. It, no, it, it's good. No, it's and it's just, it's about balance in life, all right? Oh, I like this. Sometimes we all make choices that don't necessarily make sense. 
And for us, it might work. And for somebody else, it might not. So it really comes down to, I guess, personal preference. Okay. So to be clear, you don't shave any other part of your body. but <laughs> <laughs> Sight. <laughs> Good night, everybody. 